some of my best work. I'm music and culture journalist Jane Rocker. We invite artists and creators to nominate some of their best work, tell the story of how it came about and how it's influenced their career. In this episode, Holly Rankin, who goes by the name of Jack River on stage, talks to me about her 2017 song, Fool's Gold. She's also behind the Grow Your Own Festival and women's empowerment platform, Electric Lady. The work she's chosen is taken from her debut album, Sugar Mountain. I had been, I guess, feeling in a bit of a rut. I'd gone through some different management struggles and uh, it had taken, you know, around five years of um, hustling to kind of get where I was with my label deal. And it was just one of those times in life that for some reason I felt like nothing was completely working out and I, I felt kind of like on my own. I went to the States, but I was staying in my now manager's apartment she had at the time. They very kindly lent it to me um, for a couple of weeks. So I was staying alone in an apartment in the Lower East Side. I think one day I was just feeling really down and got outside and went for a walk and just had this epiphany that a lot of the things in my life that I was chasing potentially weren't for me like maybe I was the problem and I was kind of my perspective was out. She'd been active as an artist for a little while but it was while taking a walk that she had the epiphany. A lot of things changed in her life that she was chasing and that maybe weren't for her. Fool's Gold was born out of that time. I was walking on the around the lorry side and saw a bar called Fool's Gold and yeah that line in the chorus just floated into my head. Actually, this metaphor that, you know, fool's gold looks so shiny and easy on the eyes, but it's not real gold. From there, I just kept walking and kind of writing this song in my head. The chorus was starting to develop in my head. I was like, okay, this is an awesome idea. I'm just going to keep walking and like plotting out what a verse could be. So I was literally just walking without anything. Um, (laughs) And then... I walked past a a little shop. It was like a florist and I just saw these two stars in a packet. I just thought, you know, maybe I was again like because this situation in my life was like career and also like love life and just feeling really stuck generally. And I, yeah, I saw these two little stars in a packet and I just remember thinking how romantic is like, the idea of two stars, like stars are these giant galactic faraway things and here they are, humans turn them into a two-dimensional object and put them in a plastic packet and how we like construe big magical things into like just shitty little (laughs) plastic kind of objects for our human world and our little brains and stuff. These random little stars in a packet spoke to me in like am I trying to put this big feeling of love like this huge universal galactic amazing feeling am I like 
condensing it down to a shitty little packet and chasing like a potential shitty plastic star in a plastic packet. But yeah, that's kind of going deep as we're meant to right now. (laughs) But I just thought, you know, like our stars came in a packet of two. So I, I was potentially seeing this person in my life as like a star in a packet, not the kind of big galactic star that I could have in my life. Were you the kind of person that was like, I really want this person to like me? Or would you just say, I'll just accept that for what it is and keep going? I think I am hyper imaginative, or at least really was, as we all are in our late teens and early 20s. And that's like a power that I needed to keep alive for music and I have but that definitely like that hyper imaginative like hyper belief in a dream like crossed into my love life for sure and so I was definitely one to kind of keep believing and and keep hanging on and I also know that people have had that with me and that's where the second verse kind of flips it and that verse is about someone who had that kind of hectic like liking for me but I knew that it was just not right and there was another person in the picture and I I just wanted to like flip the situation which you know a lot of songs do but it just flips the script a bit. You turned to a lot of acts like Coldplay or ABBA or Florence and the Machine and just made sure that what you were kind of doing had that same connection to the listener. From that first day that I was writing it I just felt this, the emotion when you realise your power and you know where you need to go, like that real big life feeling. I wanted that reflected in the production but not in a highly produced like Taylor Swift way. It was more like I wanted the song to feel the grit and the kind of heart-wrenching messiness of that process for me and getting to there. So for me that meant like 20 stacks of guitars and like all different kinds of guitars, like acoustics, 12 strings, different kinds of electrics, all doing the same thing. And then a a driving beat that symbolises pushing forward relentlessly, like one after the other. It's just like a kick, clap, kick, clap. And all of this kind of noise like moving with the feeling and like anyone would do I wanted to test that song against songs that made me feel like that from the world's best artists and push myself to make the sound in the chorus as like loud and gritty as I could. It's a song that proves you're able to do things so much on on your terms and you seem like you're fairly headstrong and know what it is that you want to achieve. How important is it, particularly when it came to the album or even Fool's Gold, is it that you've just got to ride that instinct and go, I just, I'm not going to be sidetracked by any negativity or any people just saying, yep, great demo, let's keep it to the side. Like, is it that you really need to be self start a self-motivated to get the ball rolling and get people jumping on your wagon, I guess. Yeah, like 1 million percent. It would be my number one piece of advice to I think anyone in anything, I mean, that needs advice from me. (laughs) Um, But don't want to throw advice around. That is my one 
kind of rule in my life would be to follow that instinct, especially when it comes to creativity and art, obviously anything, but because there's like infrastructure around you that incredible people, but they've, they think they've done it before and they know the rules and there's a structure and a process, but I don't think you can control songs or ideas and they can come in the middle of the night and they can be completely produced the next day. And I have never followed a linear creation strategy where you just, you know, write a bunch of things, um, go into the studio on one certain week and record it all and then like mix it the next week. I really try to follow like what's speaking to me and like that's happening right now on the record I'm making. There's songs that want to be produced. Like I can just tell they need to go into production. Whereas, you know, people might have opposing ideas and say, oh, you, why don't you just wait? But I just think there's a magic universal timing inbuilt into songs and you need to like listen to it and follow it. Why do you feel it really is one of your most successful, I mean, you've still, you're still young, you've got a huge career ahead of you, anything can happen. But in terms of that being a massive turning point, how do you reflect on it? This song I wrote for myself, like I really genuinely needed to figure this out in my life and figuring out for myself on that day that for many months I was looking in the wrong direction and I was, I had the wrong perspective. I genuinely needed to write this song as like, mental medicine for myself and I think songs like that if they resonate with you so much they're going to resonate with other people and this song feels like a genuine turning point even in the way I recorded it which is like usually kind of um come with a demo and you show your label and they're like um hold off until you're recording your album or like there's these kind of unspoken rules but this song I just knew had to be born so I brought it home and I paid for the production myself and I just got it done because I needed to do it and that drive is like an indication of the magic in the song I think. When you had nailed Fool's Gold who was the first person that actually heard it? The first person I send things to is probably still Johan my um the head of my label IOU and my kind of A&R guy um but you know really he's just a like a really good friend and he knows my vision and he knows my mind and my imaginations like when I send him something he'll get it or he won't and it's usually completely on point with where I need to go so I'm usually pretty excited to send him something and be like we're, we're going somewhere we got it. <laughs> is it that sometimes some of our best work can just happen in a moment that you least expect is that sort of what you've learned from the experience of this song becoming the huge success that it was or do you try and work that out or go too hard how do you sort of reflect on it growing up and being told that you need to work really hard to like get songs out of your brain I used to think like that but through hearing different perspectives on how to catch a good song I've realized it that for me it really is about a genuine life moment and genuine new uh, original thought thinking of a metaphor or a phrase that I've never seen put together before or a sound and I don't think that those things are accessed by our kind of structural approach our current human approach is usually quite 
structured and we're told to work hard and we're told to you know concentrate and figure it out whereas I definitely relate more to the more kind of strange and organic and weird thought process that can come when you just let go. I know artists aren't in the industry to get arias or noms or any of the awards I mean they're all nice but what is it that you think it was about Fool's Goal that earned it the platinum status? Can you put your finger on it do you think? Is it too hard? Uh, I think it's just that it's a really like it's a really real song and I don't know like for me there's all kinds of great songs but of course I think when there's really I can see it in my head but I can't explain it but there's like wavelengths right and when you really hit one and access one within yourself there's a chance that that is a universal wavelength that people need to to hear and talk about this song's just really real every single lyric was real to me and I needed to write it and a lot of other songs you have a bit of that realness and it drives the rest of the song but sometimes there's songs where you you know every single lyric is like completely legitimate and I think that's when a song can really cross over Check out jackrivermusic.com or find more info in the episode notes where you're listening now. Holly also has her own podcast, To Rebel in the Times. She speaks to artists who are also scientists, mothers, activists and business people, conversations about what it takes to stand up and make a change. Out now where you're listening to this. Big thanks to Holly, Rachel at Unified Music and IOU Records. I'm your host, Jane Rocker. You can follow me on Twitter at jbirdrocker or on Instagram at janerocker underscore.